Good evening, Kairos. We're so glad that you're here tonight. Tonight's service is going to look a little bit differently. It's going to be centered around a baptism that's going to take place a little later on. And we're really excited about that. And so I'm going to read our text tonight that's going to center our hearts on baptism. And so if you would join me in prayer before we read our text tonight. Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Would you release us from the weights and the burdens that we might have brought? Would you cleanse us even now from the sin that so easily entangles? Jesus, would you go before us in this text, and would you make a way? And together we say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Our text tonight comes from the letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verses 3 through 7. Paul says this, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Jack. I'll say, bless the Lord, if you say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord, bless his holy name. Hey, Kairos, stop staring at my skinny white legs. (laughs) Caught ya. (laughs) Not that funny. I am dressed for the occasion tonight, because we're baptizing, thanks be to God. Can't wait for it, it's going to be fun. Yeah, go ahead, give that a round of applause, let's loosen it up a little bit. (laughs) Jessica. Will, Seth, and Ryan all tonight are identifying with Jesus Christ and a life of faith through believer's baptism. And so I'm dressed for the occasion for that because we're going to hop into our baptistry, a.k.a. the hot tub that we stole from the sound stadium. Um, And that's going to be awesome. I'm also dressed for the occasion because I just got back from spring break, okay? I got to go to the beach with my family for a week. Thanks be to God. Thanks for permission to give your pastor to take off. Here's the deal. If I'm gone and we don't encounter God in the room, I have not done my job. So Scott Sauls did an incredible job last week. Got to watch it online. Appreciate his patience, his precision, and the pastoral heart that he brought to a very difficult conversation. And I'm glad he was a part of it and we got to hear his voice. So honored that he got to step in. I'm happy to be back, but... I got a little bit of vacation lag, okay? I don't know if you guys struggle with this. You're off for a good five or six day, and then you got to re-enter, and your mind and your body's just not not chirping along like it used to. It's My brain is misfiring. I know where the gas is. I'm slamming it down, but I'm not responding. 
And so I like to think part of that is because I'm still on a beach vibe. Like, I'd like to wear these clothes every day, please. Yes, thank you, Lord, please, somehow. You guys, you guys ever been to the beach? Do you get there and just all of a sudden it's just a little bit more chill? Why don't you show up where you want to show up? Like, I don't know how they do church down there. No one probably comes on. Well, you guys don't come on time, so I guess I, <laughs> I would be great at it. Um, it, it, it it's just, it, it's coastal living, man. Um, now, some of you, I know you're not beach people because you've got a sand thing, all right? I'll pray for your healing afterwards. There's prayer cards right there. I, I understand some of you may have had traumatic experiences with water or don't know how to swim, but here's one thing every single one of us can agree on in this room. Your body was designed for water. You need water to live. You must drink it. God designed a human being to be nourished by water, which is also why he calls himself the living water. But you know what's also interesting? Uh, I've seen some researches and studies in stress reduction. If you get yourself next to moving water, your stress levels start to reduce. Whether that's waves or a river or a babbling brook. You guys know, like my daughter has a sleep machine that has you know, water that doesn't really sound like water or waves that I can't find a rhythm so I can't go to sleep to. But theoretically, it's supposed to work. It works better when you're in person. That's one of the reasons I think it's important that we realize that we come to the water tonight. It's just water, okay? So let's just make that clear. But at the same time, it's not just water, is it? See, here's what, I, when we come to baptism, here's what I love about this congregation. We've got so many different walks of life, stages of life, and different denominations, and no denominations, and religious backgrounds, and no religious backgrounds, that when we come together, it's a melting pot. And so this congregation, we're part of a Baptist church, and so we're gonna hold on to that distinctive. The way that we interpret scripture is that baptism is for believers who are choosing to follow Jesus and we're gonna follow his examples. It's wonderful. I know there's tons of different expressions, brothers and sisters who I love and respect who interpret that differently. But here's how we're gonna interpret it tonight. And I got a sneaky suspicion that if Satan wanted to thwart what God was doing on earth, he would take these beautiful, sacred, simple elements like water, wine, and bread and get the church to so twist them and get so uptight about them that God's people truly miss the sacredness and significance of it. So here's what frustrates me as a pastor. One, there, I've been in a lot of church services and sometimes, man, when it comes to sacraments like baptism, man, it gets so high, so rigid, so holy, so ritualistic, man, one, you're not even sure what you're doing by the time you're done it, and most of the people who are a part of it really don't understand what just happened. There's also places where it just gets so low and simple and superfluous, it just goes by so quick, you just try to get sometimes as many people to do it as possible so that you can justify the fact that you are doing ministry in the first place. And I wonder tonight if God doesn't want to give us a new way where we can combine the sacredness and significance and understand that this symbolizes something that he did for us, and it's a gift that we get to participate in it. So if we could lay down all of our theological grenades for a second and just say, I want to surrender to Jesus, and I want to watch and support my brothers and sisters who have decided to follow Jesus and courageously stand before this congregation and declare their allegiance to God and ask for their acceptance into this community.
That's what I want to do. And one of the ways that that's got a little bit stoked in me, um, I grew up in Baptist circles. I've seen it done plenty of different ways, some good, some not so good. Uh, But I I think I've shared this story before. Uh, When I was a college pastor in Tuscaloosa, we had a group of students and they just got like, they reverse racially targeted people. We got these group of students who just took we're supposed to go to all nations really, really serious. And they asked, who's the most difficult nation to reach right now? And they identified like three Middle Eastern countries. And they specifically sought out Muslim men to find and befriend and share the gospel. And they were a little bit wild, they're a little bit crazy, but man, they went after it. They, they would uh, hang out all the time. They would meet Muslim men, hang out with them, talk to them, invite them over for meals. And they found one guy who was married, had a kid. He was overseas trying to get his degree. They befriended him. They took care of his wife and his child when he was out. And I mean, the whole community came around them and shared the love of Jesus, both in word and in deed. And ultimately, Muhammad decided to follow Jesus. And I'm like, you little rascals did it. <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought like, oh, I don't know if that's gonna work. Their faith increased mine. And when it came time to baptize Muhammad, we had to have a private baptism service for him. He couldn't do it on Sunday morning because if someone in his community found out about it, they could report it to the embassy and he could possibly get deported and lose his visa and other consequences. And so it just so happens at this time in all my neighborhood and part of our church, they have a missionary family who's been serving in the Middle East, who speaks Arabic, that is home on furlough. Loosely translated, that means Greek, they need more money. So they're home, they're resting, they're trying to get, that's, sorry, that's a, such a church joke, I apologize. I, I want, for those of you who are not familiar with church culture, I want you to feel welcome, but every once in a while, I'm gonna slip up and let one of those out. So the missionary couple, they're, they're home on furlough. I actually do not know what the word actually means, to be honest with you. So they come up and first of all, they sit our guys down there and go, you don't understand how rare this is. You guys don't understand what you did, just does, it doesn't happen. And so they huddled us up together. We t- Muhammad shared his story, his wife and his daughter were there. And then there's about maybe 30 of us and we got one of those high baptistries and we all crowd in the rings like this. And the missionary guy who's home, who speaks Arabic, he's in there and he goes, all right, I'm gonna give him some baptismal vows. I'm like, ooh, baptismal vows, that sounds cool. And so he goes, Arabic, 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 Arabic. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is getting real good. (laughs) And Muhammad just smiles and goes, yes. And he turns to us, he says, I just asked him if Jesus Christ was his Lord and Savior. Arabic, 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 Arabic. Yes. (laughs) Like just the smile on this guy's face was unbelievable. I just asked him if he would now go proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and make disciples that make disciples. Awesome. Arabic, 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 Arabic. Yes. I just asked him if he would follow Jesus, even if it means he goes to prison and loses all of his possessions. Arabic, 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 yes. I just asked him if he would follow Jesus even if it means death to him and his family. And I just had to go to my knees. Don't you dare tell Muhammad that that was just water. It was more than just water. It was him aligning himself with the mission and message of Jesus regardless of cost or consequence. 
And I realized in that moment that whenever anyone else got baptized, I wanted to be a part of reaffirming my baptismal vows as my relationship and my commitment to God continues to grow. Don't tell Muhammad it was just water. Don't tell some of the men and women in here that it was just water. Don't tell Noah it's just water when he's building a boat out of obedience. Don't tell Naaman it's just water when he's going down one, two, three, four, five, six, and on the seventh time comes up without leprosy, whole and healed because of the testimony of a slave girl. Don't tell the children of Israel it's just water when they're backed up and see an army coming and bearing down on them against the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden it parts and it becomes their deliverance and their slaveholders' destruction. Don't tell the wedding guests at Cana that it's just water because all they're tasting is wine when they're tasting Jesus. His glory and his goodness just sat down right in front of them. Don't tell the disciples it's just water because they've seen Jesus not only calm the waves but walk on top of them. And don't just tell John that it's water when he's exiled to the island of Patmos and he's writing down the 21st chapter of Revelation. And it says, I saw from the throne of God a river flowing down the middle of the city. And on each side of it were trees that bore fruit in every season. And the leaves were for the healing of the nations. 